0: The Off the Hazel Podcast would like to thank all their sponsors TaylorMade Golf, Last Mountain Distillery, Molson Coors, Rubberco, and Cutter and Buck Canada. Now, it's time for your starting lineup the pro hockey player, Turner Ripplinger, the golf insider, Tory Coglin, the original co host, Troy Koser, and your host, Drew Koser. Now sit back and enjoy the podcast. Off the hustle. Hey everybody, we're back for the episode of Off the Hustle, episode one hundred and nineteen. My name is Drew Crocer. I'm your host, not joined by Stack Guy Rip for the pre show today or Troy, but we got our good friend on Tori Coglin. Not sure exactly where he is, but we'll get to that shortly. Uh, so Drew and Tori got the pre-show today and the post-show. But before we get going here, we got to mention this is brought to you by rubber Crow. rubber Crow. was founded in 2021. It's made out of 100% recycled tires, has tons to offer. We offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices, especially the deflector. So check out the website at www.rubbercrow.com or on social media at Rubber Crow call as well 306-541-9840 think with your head and choose the right rubber boom episode 119
1: that was a pretty nice read there drew i'm not gonna lie
0: thank you i don't like
1: you but but i'll compliment you <laughs> once in a while
0: i appreciate that i can't wait to start doing ad reads um they're a lot harder than you think okay episode 119 is off with a bang rubber crow check him out um yeah, they're the best. So, and actually honestly, not to lie, the business is buzzing right now. So it's good. It's people are starting to hear about it more and starting to get more inquiries. So it's pretty sweet. Anyhow. Unlike,
1: unlike your haircut.
0: I like, what are you talking about? I look great.
1: <sighs> Unbelievable.
0: Money oh, no. in a bank. Anyways, um the weather in Regina is trash. Raining. We might get we might get sleet this week. Is that the word sleet? Sleet. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, my dad said it was snowing in Saskatoon today, and he true. told me not to tell my wife because if she hears that, she's never coming up again in the summertime. <laughs> so I got we got to keep that top secret. No it one is almost Sarah.
0: June. It's almost June.
1: Oh yeah, dude. And... When I graduated high school, we had a uh, our like graduation was May long, which I think that's late May, isn't isn't it? I can't remember.
0: That's this weekend.
1: Yeah, we, and we got snow. We're in uh, Jackfish Lake. Yeah. Well, not in the lake, but at Jackfish Lake.
0: I'm picking up what you're putting down. So I have to mention also to everyone listening right now, because we was supposed to drop, this podcast was dropped yesterday, uh, but not, I wouldn't say funny story, but long story short, we had our guest on. We do an unbelievable interview. Um, we do it. We, it's great. I'm, I'm exporting it to like save it and then start editing. And it just doesn't export. I'm like, it's gone, gone forever. Bye, Felicia. Gone, gone forever. I was so upset. I started throwing shit around the room and I was so angry. So I had men's night to go. And I, obviously, men's night's a big thing around here in Regina. It was one of the best men's nights in the province. And I'm like, on the phone with like uh, Zoom help or whatever it is. And I'm like, hey, so I can't find this thing. Uh, I need help. It's important. It's a big interview. She asked like three questions, send me the meeting ID, did that bang, bang, bang. Check here. I checked it. I'm on the phone. I'm like, oh my God, Jude, Jude, you have made my day. She said, what happened? I'm like, you found it. You found it for me. And I'm like, I'm so excited. I was pumped. She said, hey, can you do a quick survey for me? I'm like, Jude, I gotta go, but I will come back to it. I promise. So I got of 10 on everything. Yeah. Oh, I have to go back and do the survey for Jude. But wow, I thought this thing was gone. So the interview today is going to be great. It was an unbelievable podcast. I thought everyone's going to enjoy good sassy guy, but
1: that is um, where I was coming from. So, Sh- shout well, out. shout out to Jude because sometimes when you call those services, oh. they, they act like you're just the biggest pain in their ass that like they actually have to do something and work. Right. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Shout out, Jude. And I hey, said, hey. Jude. and I said, Hey, she's like, it's Jude. Hey, Jude. Yeah. Anyway. So shout out to Jude. We got the interview. Have a day back.
1: Jude. If you hear this,
0: you imagine she call in? <laughs> It'd be sick. <laughs> hey, on? we should
1: get callers to call in. <laughs>
0: we should have an open call line. We should start doing that. Actually. We should start doing an open call line during the podcast. I'd right now be like, here's the zoom meeting link. Jump in. If you have questions, you want to let's go.
1: I think hey, hey, Zig, Ziggy, we'll give you the hotline too. We'll give you the hot number. You can get in instantly.
0: Caller on line number one. It's Ziggy. What's
2: up, boys? Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so I don't know where you want to go from this. I wanted to actually talk to you because I didn't talk to you last week. But uh, what's up? What's new? What's going on?
1: Uh, well. I hate saying not a lot going on. There's obviously always stuff going on. I'm, I might be starting a new job, maybe with actually one of our sponsors, Molson Coors. Bang! haven't fully decided the offers there, but I haven't decided yet. And uh, the PGA is going on this week. My Leafs lost. We don't need to talk about that.
0: You know no. what? Actually, yeah, we do. Because <sighs> I...
1: That <sighs> was heartbreaking.
0: Man, I watched that whole series, and I thought it was unbelievable. And, and I've said it from like the get go in this podcast and every hockey thing. Like the format is a joke. Go back to one to eight, or go to one yeah. to not go one to nine, and then have one one in each division get to buy it if you want to do it that way. But they, they were have, screwed from
1: the word go. They were going to get Florida or Tampa, like
0: yeah or but, Boston. But even beating, like, if they would have beat Tampa, they were ending up going to play Florida. So yeah. I, I don't understand how a team that has an unbelievable record, they set a record this year. I think it was like 60 some wins or what it was. Matthews has an unbelievable year. And then they draw the two time cup champs who aren't exactly an easy team to roll over. Now they lose to them. It's unfortunate. And I was, I'm just so disappointed with the media. People on Twitter just carved their their team fire everyone trade everyone I, I don't I don't
1: understand that like like I do think there are some some moves that need to be made but you know I I feel like they played a good series and they played a great team like right. I'm really not you know I'm sad but I'm not mad you know I felt like they played well just they I don't know you know way more about hockey than I do but I felt like they got too fancy in every loss that they had with like trying to get tap in goals, like just put it on yeah. net. I don't know. No. Maybe I'm just stupid and old school, but
0: no. Put no, it no, on net.
1: No. Pick up a greasy rebound.
0: Well, we saw that. And, you know, Ethan, you look I at Tampa's it. goals. Yeah, and I, and I think you and I talked about that in game six or seven. But every, I think I said it even to our club and in our playoff run. Like things in playoffs get tougher, and like you got to start doing things a little bit different. Don't 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 go completely off the script but start shooting pucks and start doing things that maybe, Hey, if it's not working right now. Start putting on net throw pucks in his feet. Hey, Vasilevsky six foot eight. That's hard to go up and down 75 times a game. I'm not yeah. six, eight. So I can only imagine what he's doing. But I mean, they, they didn't shoot enough. I don't think. And then they weren't, I didn't think as greasy as, as they could have been. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, I watched that 100%. game last night between Calgary and Edmonton and everyone in the world thought, Oh, that was the best game. 88% of hockey or sport fans were like, this is unbelievable. Oh, I thought it was one of the worst games of playoffs. Cause Whoa. both teams have to go watch video now and go, Holy shit. There was 13 goals scored last night. One of us are doing something wrong.
1: 15, 59, was six, wasn't it?
0: Like there wasn't for, for a fan perspective. It was an unbelievable game. If you're a fan, but as a coach or a scout or as a player, there's a lot of shit to figure out. You're up 5-1 and you, uh, you almost lose? <sighs> Problem. I'd be a little worried. Now, the Leafs are out and everyone was saying, oh, I'll trade Nylander this and that. And I, I liked his comment. Then they're like, blah, blah, what are you hearing about the Nylander trades? He's like, they've been saying this since I've been here. Like, doesn't that make the guy want to come back again? Like, fuck.
2: Just so I'd funny. be asking
1: for a trade. If, if everyone's saying that, I'd be asking for one. Like you know what, go to I hell. I'll go to go to Vegas or something. Yeah.
0: Well, Anderson firing, fire, uh Sheldon Keith, fire Dubis, this and that. No, y- you know they what? didn't
1: do anything wrong. They just played a great team, and they yeah. played a great series. Really, like, they should have won Game Six. That's that was the problem.
0: Right. Yeah, they win that. Uh, they, you know, and then and what was the series? It was was it three two Tampa? No, it was two two. Going back, no, there, it's three two Toronto going three two game Toronto, six. right? So they could have won that, won the series. But like I said, I, I don't think they were greasy enough. I don't think they did enough to win. I think they played a good series. Um, I don't know. I love Jack Campbell. I don't know if he's the guy to get it done because they've had him for a couple of runs now, or not even runs, a couple of playoff pushes. I guess you'd say or mm-hmm. first rounds.
1: He did fine. Um,
0: you know what, though? I think... They oh, I should changing. say
1: fine. Here's if you change. look, at the game winners, every 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 game winner was over three goals. It was basically yep. like the first of four one,
2: Right.
0: Yeah. So... I don't know. Whatever. Anyhow, that's that's the least. I don't know what they got to do in the offseason. I mean, I'm, I'm not in their uh, their boardrooms or whatever and this and that, but they, they got some stuff to figure out a little bit, but I think they're fine. And I, I, I wish the format was changed. I think it's a joke, but... Again, I, I wish there. they'd
1: go one, one to 16 instead of even just one through eight. Yeah.
0: Do a bracket style. It'd be sweet. Yeah. Anyhow. Now. Okay. So I want to ask you about, this. we're going to stay on the hockey talk here and then we'll go into golf, but uh, Calgary, Edmonton. I want to know your thoughts on the game last night. Cause you kind of looked at me like I had three heads when I said it was, you know, one of the worst games I saw playoffs. I mean, uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Calgary wins last night, nine, six um, thoughts on the game.
1: I got to be honest, I didn't watch it.
0: Okay, that's right. I was I was fishing. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I was at men's night. I watched the last like fifteen minutes of it, but overall, it wasn't. Uh, it's a shame. Wasn't great.
1: Who's that? But uh, Jimbo Fisher. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's...
0: I want to ask: Did you see Evander Kane and Matthew Kachuk at all, or any of the gifts or the highlights? No. Nope. Or...
1: Did Did they fight?
0: No. So there was, uh, basically Matthew Kachuk was doing the gesture of, you want some money or you need some money to, to gain. So (laughs) thoughts on that? Like, I, I don't know. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. What are your thoughts on it?
1: That's, that's right up Kachuk's alley. I'll put it that way. Um, which I wish he would, I mean, I'd send anyone from Toronto other than Matthews for Kachuk. We need yep. him. but yeah, I do like him as a player. But that's – I mean, he's hes just like um, – gosh, who were we talking about the other day? who Who's a Bet 99 guy? This is embarrassing. Oh, Matthew Barnaby. Like, Barnaby, like that kind of player? Yep. You know, he'll just drive you nuts, and he'll do whatever it does to get you off your game. Right. So – In a sense, I don't mind it, but in a sense, that's kind of a dirtbag move. But
0: yeah, I I think a little bit of a mobile, but but.
1: at the end of the day, Evander Kane did it to himself, you know. So he
0: he takes a penalty last night. It was, I think, six five or seven six takes a penalty last night when it could have been done and over with. They were going on the power play. He takes a penalty, the flame score game's over. Boom. So can Can Kane play play that role and walk the line and not take more penalties? because Calgary clearly can score goals. Edmonton 10 as well, but they, I think they had 50 shots on um, between Kostian and, and Mike Smith. so those two guys were not Edmonton able Calgary. to. Yeah, and like Edmonton those, really
1: didn't have a lot of shots. I think they were no. like 24 or 25.
0: It was it was 24 to seven middle second period. For Calgary. Cool. So I, I don't think guys like Costin and Mike Smith can handle that much rubber or oh, rubber crow, Um, during a seven game playoff series that they're hoping to play, to be honest. So,
1: dude, I'm fired up about this series though. That and the, the battle of Florida. Holy
0: battle, of Florida. Someone asked about the Colorado St. Louis series, too. Those shots, Colorado is unbelievable. My And St. Louis, t- I think, tainted overtime in game one.
1: They did. Yeah, it was wild. That, it wouldn't shock me if they – they're they're kind of sneaky.
0: Well, Jordan Bennington is playing like Jordan Winnington back in 2019. He is finding a way right now to kick. He is kicking right now. They're seasoned. But Colorado, man, they're so good up and down the ice. Oh, they move pucks so well. East and west, north and south. And, oh, is it fun to watch. Um, Battle of Florida. Tampa, Florida. Florida was up in the game. Lose to – Tampa Bay on home ice. And I've never seen a crowd r- get out of that rink so quick with like three minutes left in the game. Thought on that. <laughs> who wins that series, Tampa or Florida?
1: Uh, well, it's obviously biased because a Tampa beat the Leafs and B they're up one nothing. Give me Tampa.
0: Yeah. I think just, it.
1: they just have, they just have something in them.
0: No, I believe you. you know, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the intangibles, way. you know, they know how to win. Yeah, uh, I'm saying Tampa, Colorado, and oh, this battle of Alberta, man. I don't know. Like i I really want Edmonton to win because I think McDavid's the best player in the world. He deserves one. But I don't think they're tough enough. I talked to the guy today about this. I don't think they're strong. Like they're physically tough enough. Like Calgary has Loui They have he has DeBranson. He has Chuck. Like you know, the others have Zach Cassian. He's tough. Um overall, I think it's gonna go Calgary, Colorado, Tampa. Is that it? Who's left?
1: Uh the you got the Boston series. New York and Boston. Who um I'm taking New York. Give me Rangers. Yep. I'm with you.
0: Okay, so New York, Tampa, Colorado, and I'm taking Calgary. are you taking out of that series? Uh,
1: just because I like to disagree with you, I'll go Edmonton. But I, I really don't care. <laughs> okay, I just uh, hope whoever wins that series wins the the Western Final.
0: Right. Okay, last question based on this, this game last night. So a lot of people on Twitter were saying they're not a fan of Brady Kachuk. Had three, you know, he was having a Bud Light and he had two in the back pocket. He's cheering for his brother. He's for sure in one. He's wearing a I think a flame shirt or whatever. He's cheering. People didn't like that he was, you know, essentially gassing beers and cheering on his brother. What are your thoughts on that?
1: What, dude? He's like a twenty-two year old. People, and were, his brother's playing in yes. the playoffs. Like, what are you supposed? Are you, what are you supposed to do?
0: People were not happy on Twitter. I was reading it today. I was like, wow. People care are you supposed you. to
1: drink to Sonny and like with That's your people are saying yep. get a
0: box and be professional and you know don't cheer for team you're a captain of Ottawa he's like
1: what professional what what's everyone else in that building doing he's <laughs> no, done
0: there he's in the office because he, he's the captain of Ottawa and looks bad and why is he need training and dude like no just, it doesn't look bad no I don't think it does either I think it's a stupid take on people that are saying no, that
1: like Think, think how many like bank executives or lawyers or doctors are in the stands doing the exact same thing. Who gives a shit? Yeah. That's what we do. Think about men's. Okay. Let's look at men's night at say Riverside or Wascana or Royal. What are they doing? They're drinking beer. Like, yeah.
0: So they're, they're saying no, because he's a captain of the Ottawa senators. He should be training. He should be in a box. He should be acting, you know, civil, whatever you call it, just chilling out. And enjoying the game. He shouldn't be up and down high fiving the Flames fan, this and that, and having a good time. I think the opposite. His brother throws a hat trick in game one uh, of a battle of Alberta, hasn't happened in 30 years. Uh, And he's cheering his brother on. I think it's unbelievable. I think it's sweet. My brother would do the same thing.
1: No, people, like, I I swear to God, in society, and I don't want it's nothing political. (laughs) People are looking for things to get pissed off at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, like, what what is wrong with that he's done his season he doesn't have to start training probably for another two months just let him
0: have fun let him enjoy a beer
1: he's been on the road half of it in covid cities and all this and going back and forth over the border doing all that crap trust me i know it's it's let him give him a breather yeah goodness
0: I, i agree okay um out of the hockey talk here, uh, long story short, I think what he's doing for his brothers is, is quite fine, quite okay. So I'll uh, leave him be, let him enjoy his beers. Okay, uh, golf talk last week, KH Lee goes back to back like Drake and wins again. Jordan Spath finishes second place. Did, yeah. you, did you watch any of that golf? I thought they were playing a local Muni. I really I 27 did. 27 or whatever it was. I couldn't believe it.
1: I, I, I didn't watch. It was deep, though. They were going nuts. It was wild. Um, I, I saw the leaderboard at one point on Sunday with about nine holes to go, and they were, I mean, they were deep, deep, deep.
0: Right. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't believe in something.
1: I haven't made that many birdies in my life.
0: Like, what's his um, – Shoffley was on 59 watch. He shot like 61 or 60.
1: Yeah, he came. He came. Wait. He came from out of nowhere. Well, even Cage uh, Lee didn't he shoot sixty three the last round?
0: Let's just find out. Yeah, I, he was minus eight, minus four, minus five, minus nine. So yeah, like, but minus twenty six is just just getting by, winning by one. Like, who is uh, my, yeah, Shoffley was minus eleven, Matsuyama, minus minus ten. Some of these guys went low. <laughs> <laughs> that's nasty. And yak watching Neiman shot plus two like I did last night at Men's night. So yeah, that's uh, it was a good term. It's fun to watch.
1: Hey, how enough. much how much money did that cost Neiman shooting plus two when everyone's going 10 deep? Probably enough.
0: Uh, this week now is the is the first major, correct?
1: Second Masters. Ever heard of it?
0: Second major of the year, PGA championship uh off to hot start okay Rory McIlroy minus five Will Zaltorius minus four Tom Hogue minus four Matt Kuchar minus three Abraham answer minus three uh and then a bunch of minus twos so
1: Abe was my pick with my dad me me and dad always do a do a pick them really yeah we picked three players I like it I got him JT and I forget the third one now shoot anyways well, there you go. I got I got two in the top seven right now, sitting nice. Not a big deal.
0: Okay, so I'm excited to watch that event this weekend. Um, I wanted to touch on, I believe, I don't know the dates now. Nippon is like full as full can be. I had to back out unfortunately, and with hockey, um, so I won't be there. When is it? June fourth and fifth up in Nippon. What a t- you say? No one cares.
1: I said I think you're scared. Oh no, I that's have why hockey. you pulled out.
0: June 4th and 5th, up in Nipwinn. What a track! What a treat! We're gonna get Dean on to talk about that before, probably about a week prior, maybe in the week of, to talk about Nipwin. Um, I just I think someone tweeted yesterday from our account. Let's just pull it up about the pub links is. June twenty fifth, sixth at the Tor Hill Golf Course, also a really nice track in the city here, in the province as well, uh, and the registration opened up today. So sign up for that event. Hell of an event too. Always in prime shape out there. Um,
1: yeah. Who's a pro at pub at uh, Tor Hill? Kevin Deets. Deets. Diesel. Yeah. Diesel. The old he, his Philadelphia Flyers had a little struggle this year. They did. Yes, they did.
0: Okay. Uh, any more topics you got? I got one more. It's going to be just the Centennial Cup has started this today in Esteban, Saskatchewan. Um, check that out. A lot of good players, a lot of teams all around the country. So, um, you know, I think um, it's easy to say, you know, you're rooting for this Saskatchewan team and the Estevan Bruins and, um, you know, Flint Flynn Bombers, you also play in the SJ that are from Manitoba, but playing the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, you know, cheering those two teams on, I think so. Anyhow, that's uh, over the next ten days. Just to look up. Tori, anything else you got here before we go to our guest today?
1: No, I got a story in the post game, but uh, so stay tuned for that one. You can laugh at me. I laughed at myself. So I'm good. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: our guest today from oh, actually, it's kind of funny too. So from Lloyd, Minster, Saskatchewan. Played minor hockey in Saskatoon, born and raised, or born in born in Lloydminster, raised in Saskatoon. Elite hockey prospects figure shit out. We got bodied on this podcast about three times. Uh, He did not play for the Saskatoon Contacts, as I said in the intro. He played for Saskatoon Blazers, like I. Um. He, what else did he say? Oh. It says obviously born in Lloyd, but he was not raised there, so maybe change the whole born. Let's just put raised. Put raised in.
1: Quick, quick fun fact: my dad was his parents' banker. There you go. End of fact.
0: Okay, I like that. Um, played in the National Hockey League. Played with uh, our good boy buddy Matt Murley. He's now on Schiltz full time. He played with Ryan Whitney, Paul Bizanet. Play with a guy named Sidney Crosby. Ever heard of him? Uh, Max mm-hmm. Talbot. Flurry. Played for the Leafs a couple of years. Yeah. Played for Atlanta with Ilya Kovachuk. We talked about Kovachuk. And
1: Healy, maybe.
0: Might have played with Heater. Might have been Ottawa already by then.
1: Healy um, might have been moved. Yeah.
0: Overall, he won a Mem Cup and a lead title with the Red to Rebels. And then the next year, went back to the league final, unfortunately losing, but had a good junior career. All in all, great dude. Colby um, Armstrong. Fucking, this is an, a hell of an interview. I think it's an hour and 11 minutes, so if you hated anything we just talked about in the first half an hour of the show, by all means, skip ahead, because this interview is worth the wait. Um, obviously, the audio... Oh, not the audio. Yesterday, it was a shit show getting it converted. Got it back, full thing. Uh, it's funny, we talked about jockey lots quite a few times. Mentions J- Jeff Will, a realtor up in Saskatoon. Good. We need to have Wilfie on. We should have him on. We should.
1: He knows uh, everybody.
0: Such a good dude. Brought up Ferb's. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So oh, it's, uh, it's a great interview. Um, Tori, anything else before we send over to Kobe Armstrong?
1: I think that's it, buddy. All right. Um, he's awesome on TV, too. That's all. I'm good.
0: All righty. Well, this, here's episode 119, Kobe Armstrong. Hope you enjoy it.
2: Off the Huzzle is proudly presented by Cutter & Buck Clothing.
0: Cutter & Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it will be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck
2: shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are
0: getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. All right, we're pleased to have on today from Lloyd Minster, Saskatchewan. He's a retired hockey player that played in the National Hockey League, a Western Hockey League alumni of the Red Deer Rebels, a league champ, Memorial Cup champ, and as well as a Saskatoon contact alumni. He's a beauty. And after all that, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome on Kobe
3: Armstrong, a.k.a. Armdog. What's up, boys? Good Sasky boys. Good. I love it. I love it. Thanks for having me on. I never thought I'd be on a golf podcast, but here we are. <laughs>
0: Yes. So as we talked off record golf, uh, started as now it's moving to some hockey stuff, but hey, we, hey, we've had NASCAR drivers on too. So we, we were all over the map. Um, like I said, so first, thanks all for coming to the podcast. What's, uh, what's new with you. What's happening. You know, what's going on in your world?
3: My world is, well, I have four kids, so it keeps me pretty busy, but as far as work goes, I live in Pittsburgh now. So I've been here probably six, seven years first year I moved here after I quit playing, I was in Saskatoon for the year that winter, uh, first winter out of hockey. And I was like, what am I, what am I doing here? What am I going to do? Uh, and I ended up having a house here. So I moved back here. And then, that was when the pens went back to back and I, I started dabbling in uh, uh, with Roger sports net and uh, got some radio stuff with the penguins here a little bit. And it's slowly grown into like a little bit more over all these years and um just recently, I guess just doing playoff playoff stuff here for the Penguins. And they lost obvious uh they lost in game seven in overtime after being up three to one. So that kind of ended our my work here for the Penguins for the year. Uh and all while doing that, I was I did a between the benches with uh TNT TBS uh in the first round of the playoffs for Boston, Carolina, and then game six for Tampa, Toronto in Tampa. That was like I've That was honestly probably, you know, getting to sit on the desk next to Ron McLean on Hockey Night in Canada for one show before the pandemic hit. I had one more on my schedule before that year was to end. That was really cool to do that. Like growing up watching Hockey Night in Canada, being able to do that was an awesome thing. But I got to say, like being between the benches and like doing color on an actual game, never mind a game like a playoff games uh, in Boston, crazy awesome sports town and in Tampa, you know, defending champs, Leafs. Lightning. I mean, that was that's probably the highlight right there.
0: I think that would be so intimidating being a color guy between the benches, like going to the other bench. Hey, coach, uh, you know, walk us through the first ten minutes, and they're just getting shit kicked like four rep. Like, oh, I know,
3: I know. I had to do actually the rinkside reporter that we had. She got COVID in Toronto, so she was like kind of jammed up and had to stay and and had couldn't be there. So I had to like, I had to do like some of the interviews down there and like post game with Braden Point and scored the OT winner yes yeah. moose jaw warrior alumni what's up uh but i'm like i don't know how good i am at doing interviews like and i've kind of done that this year for sportsnet too i kind of got bumped over to digital side more so like features and interviews and different things right it's like a whole new appreciation for people that are really really good at you know interviewing people talking to people getting questions out like i i probably talk more than they do just trying to get the question out which is like i think a no-no but <laughs> hey you get what you get you get what you get what you get me you know that's what happens
0: Walk us through that goal because here, here's what I would have done. You, you start talking about yourself. And that'd be, I think that'd be way better, better for the game.
2: <laughs> You're really, like, you know, hey, I scored a sick OT goal once too.
0: <laughs> Just cut him off. and Back to you. Talk about yours. Or whatever it is. Yeah, I know. I should have been like,
3: yeah, well, I scored a triple OT in the minors in the playoffs once. No big deal. Up to you, John. That's enough from this schmuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you steal the towel. All right, Army. Uh, before we get into uh, – You know, all your, you know, your playing days and whatnot, we got to backtrack uh, to younger Kobe Armstrong, the things you're up to, you know, hobbies, obviously played hockey, but growing up in the city of, uh, Lloydminster.
3: Yeah. So I was just, uh, I was born in Lloyd. We lived actually, and you know how it is in Saskatchewan in, uh, you know, small town called paradise Hill. I think it's like 45 minutes North East of Lloyd, um, And my dad was like, uh, worked on like the patch, the oil patch out there and was a welder and did a bunch of different things. And we ended up in that little small town. My mom taught skating and, uh, she would teach in Lloyd. So it was close enough, you know, and, and I was born at the hospital there, but then eventually moved to Saskatoon and did, and grew up mostly in Saskatoon played soccer and hockey, um, all the way through until I was like, I did some figure skating. Actually, my mom was a figure skating coach. So I figure skated for like four years too, Wow, uh, from like I don't even know what grades was I in. Grade like five to eight, almost nine. So, uh yeah, I was on the ice all the time, and that was crazy. I would like get made fun of and stuff, but like, I was pretty good at skating. I was good on my skates, good on my strong, on my edges, and like, it, it definitely helped me and improved my skating for sure. But. Uh, So I just did those and like, you know what it's like growing up in Saskatchewan, it's easy. You can bike to the park, play your soccer game, bike home, you know, you can, you know, pretty much get anywhere on your rollerblades. It's flat, nice and easy. And, uh, you know, I was able to get around and just be like a regular kid in Saskatoon growing up playing sports. I love sports. So, and actually um, uh, Jeff will, I don't know if you're familiar or know him at all. Yeah, (laughs) just an absolute beauty. So I got tied (laughs) up with him in a group of guys keegan mcavoy some of these other guys from saskatoon and um the jockey jeff will he got he got me golf and actually helped me buy my first set of clubs i never owned a set of clubs i was like 23 years old and he called me penguin because i was with the penguins it might have been because my nose too i don't know but he'd always be like hey penguin let's go you know he gets say, hey oh hey hey and he got her going and we went over to a buddy of his who was like a a, a rep for one of the club companies i forget what it was at the time but they had cleveland i got cleveland like beginner clubs he's like these are perfect for you you're just starting they dialed me in got me going i still have i, I need a new set of clubs you guys have sponsors like let's go like I, I need a new set i still have the same set since i was 23 the same set that the jockey helped get for me so uh he was awesome though like he'd take me golfing uh in the summers when i would come home after the off season to hang out with him and he'd he'd get me going and teaching me and he's a tiny guy, right? He can yeah. absolutely pound the ball though. He was so good. And eventually introduced me to Graham Dillette. I got to golf around with him at Dakota Dunes uh, in Saskatoon too, and uh, follow him a little bit. I, I, I have a great story actually. He was uh, he was golfing in Hamilton at like the Canadian Open. And I was out there like doing some like uh, one-on-one skills work with this, uh, you know, big name hockey skills guy. And I was in St. Catherine. So I heard they were there. So I wanted to go watch the let. So I drove, I had, a, I had a rental car, drove up there, and uh, I, I'd never been to a golf event before. And I was wearing flip flops. <laughs> Brutal <laughs> decision. Brutal decision, one, because it's like you got to walk around a lot if you're going to follow. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: And they play like at a good pace. And it's like, okay, so I'm like tracking around to try to find what hole he's on to catch up to him. And I'm like, you know, your flip-flops like, flicka 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 They're like flicking around. You could just hear it cracking and snapping as i of like running around the course. And the guys with like the quiet please signs are like staring at me, trying to get me to stop flicking around with my flip-flops. So <laughs> I was wheeling around trying to find him, eventually caught up to him and followed him for like the last like five holes of that round, which was awesome see like a Sasky boy just like crushing it at that time too he was yeah he was uh coming on the scene and, and doing really well so that was that's that's my golf story uh all leading from the jockey and uh, never playing golf to getting introduced to all this stuff and 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 that's kind of where i'm at now living in pittsburgh uh where i started playing in the nhl and uh, my wife and four kids now and yeah that's that's my life that's my whole life story there buddy
0: Okay. Well, before Turner jumps in, uh, you know, our good buddy, Steve Coolish came on, he had a great interview. So we had to evaluate after, and then we got him, uh, you know, we helped him out with the tailor-made deal. So maybe we'll call oh. the guy after and uh, we'll see how this goes. So just keep, keep the pace up right now. We're here. Let's, let's let's keep building army. And then yeah, we'll I keep the, the
3: energy call. going boys. This is what I do. <laughs> there it is. Blue guy. Well, All right.
2: <laughs> right. Army. Um, you mentioned you moved to Saskatoon as a young age, so uh let's talk about a little bit of your minor hockey experience playing in Saskatoon along with playing with the the contacts Midget.
3: Actually I, I played for the Blazers. I oh, I was supposed to play Me too. I was supposed to play for the Contacts and I uh or I think I wanted to play for the Contacts. I forget which way it went, but I ended up landing with the Blazers. And I don't know maybe it's doesn't it say on my hockey DB yeah, that I'm Contacts because contact? contact.
0: yeah. I was like I played Blazers. I mean it would be a lot cooler if you play for them too, but well, yeah.
3: Blazers, buddy. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I came in after like Jared Stoll. he played for the Blazers and I came the next year, like he ripped it up as like a fifteen. 50- oh, year. I don't know what it was. He set like records and stuff. Um, and I'd go watch, watch him play. He moved from York to Saskatoon in high school. So um, he came in and, you know, I became like good buddies with him, like both obsessed with hockey. He's obviously like sick. He was sick as a kid, like really sick. <laughs> And, like, he'd pick me up, take me to workouts in the summer. And, like, I, I, I like, never worked out until I, like, met him. either. <laughs> but, yeah, he was, like, on a different program, man. So he was, like, a great buddy to have around. And, yeah, I, I played, I think, just the one year with the Blazers that I played there before going to Red Deer and Junior. But, yeah, I grew up in, in an a- area, of Arendelle. It was, like, kind of a – it was an outskirt area, like, a newer area on the edge of the city on the east side. And um, What's good, yours? New- all new schools like st joe's father robinson like Where did all you go these- to school, cool uh i went to father robinson it's like on, on the road i grew up in it was like two minutes down the street and then father Robin, um st joseph's high school okay. is like 10 minutes away in our little area there of course now i go back and it's like Cute. you know we used to be the outskirts of town with nothing behind us and now it's like all neighborhoods and full-blown areas it's great right. how, how much it's grown um, but yeah, I played for the Saskatoon Red Wings minor hockey all the way up, um, tier one. You know, no big deal. <laughs> uh, the whole way, <laughs> we had some good teams. I think in Bantam we went to the provincial final against a good Swift Current team back in the day, and they they beat us in a. You know how you just play like the two game series goals for and against. Yeah. <laughs> That's bush league too, by the way. Should yeah, I did that in pro. Yeah, it should be a series. It's a joke. Two games. Like, what the hell is that? You have one bad game, you're done. Yeah, you're but it's like, it, it's, uh, I, I loved it. I like, grew up in Saskatoon, it was easy. Like, it's so small, but we had like, you know, the Raiders, the Barons, the Knights, uh, Bobcats, but like, you know, majority, you went to school with some of the Bobcat kids and stuff, or, you know, because there's like a little bit of a crossover in some of the neighborhoods and different things. So Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. Hockey was awesome. Like you go to school and and play hockey with all your best buddies in school too. It's not like, you know, kind of like USA hockey is totally different. You can go play wherever you want. It's crazy. So it was a pretty, pretty great childhood and easy in Saskatoon. All right, so
0: since that the DV and elite prospect has blown this whole thing so far, we're gonna try and smart. <laughs> <laughs> we have you getting drafted the Red Rebels in the sixth round, yep. You play
3: for the Rebels, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> got one thing right on there. Does it say I have like 100? I actually goals? played for the Blazers. Camloops. <laughs> Does it say I had 100 goals one season by chance or no? Uh,
0: no, nope, not that one. No. Okay, so now, now it's all good now. Right in the Red Rebels yeah. here. Um, well, you know. What was it? I don't know. My question is, was it always a thought to play in the Western league or was college ever a thought?
3: Yeah, I think back, back then. And I don't know, college was kind of like a, an option, not really like what it is now. I would say, I remember I got a letter from North Dakota and I thought that was like, awesome. I was like, this is so cool. Like, wow. How they came and watched me. Wow. That's really cool. And then I, like, found out, like, they sent, like, North Dakota sent, sends letters to, like, a lot of kids. Oh. <laughs> I found that out. I don't know if that was the truth, but uh, I felt like everyone that I started talking to, they're like, yeah, I got a letter from them, too. And I'm like, oh, okay, so they must just, like, dominate the region or something, like, recruiting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I, I I thought I was, like, really skinny and small when I was at that age of my Bantam draft, like like most kids are. Right. And, like I kind of thought I might get drafted, but I wasn't really sure. And I i don't know, I, I didn't know really what to expect. I remember when I got drafted into to Red Deer, I was shooting hoops at my buddy's house down the street, playing like a wicked game of bump or something. And uh, I remember my, like my brother came down the street and he's like, hey, well, mom said to get home. So I, I ran home like 10 houses down. My mom's like, hey, you got drafted. They just called to the Red Deer Rebels. So I was like, oh, okay great. And then I was like, can I go back to my buddy's house? <laughs> my mom's like, yeah, go ahead. And I went back and started playing hoops. Like it didn't even register. But then I think looking at the draft, I don't know how many rounds there were in that draft. But like I literally went like, like, I, I think there was like eight rounds in the draft. So I like went like fairly close to the back end of that draft. Right. Um, but I, I, I like, it worked out perfectly for like my junior career. Cause it was like unbelievable place to play. And we had lots of good players and um ended up having really good teams in my time there it was, it was amazing yeah
2: yeah Wagons. you probably get that call and you're like ah, i might go college
3: and sutter's like no you're gonna play for us <laughs> <laughs> well that when i got drafted to them uh sutter had just like bought the team like yeah. i don't know like i i can't be sure on the timeline just because i was like what how old are you when you get drafted like 14. 14 yeah So it's like you're not really paying attention to like the ins and outs of like sales of junior teams but uh, he had just bought the team and like become like the GM and the head coach. So, um, I think it might've been, no, sorry, sorry. He didn't yet. I got drafted under the old thing. And then, and then a few years later, he bought the team when I could have made the team. Uh, uh, I got cut as a 16 year old, went back and played for the Blazers. And then the next year came back as like a 16, 17 year old. Cause I have a November birthday, um, and made the team. And that was Sutter's first year buying the team. So I was kind of under the old, old group that owned it and yeah. ran it. And then Sutter came in and, and, and that's when I made the team and, and got, got in there with him. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Talk about a guy that came in and took everything over. I mean, owner GM, head coach,
1: yeah,
3: uh everything. He came in, like came to my house with like our head scout, I remember for like, to meet me. I don't know what he, what he thought of me. I was like, you know, I was at the time I was probably like, 5'11", like 125 pounds, like little skinny rail with zits all over my face. Like, hey, (laughs) like a dork. Uh, He's like, this is one of our draft picks. Like, what the hell is this? I I can imagine what he was thinking, but um, yeah, he, he, he molded me pretty good. I, I think I came with some good raw tools and stuff, but he, he got me going and got our whole team going pretty good. We had a good young team. We had like, I think like six or seven 16 year olds, my first year there. So uh, we, we, were young and, and, uh, you know, moldable and he, he had a, he had us going pretty good. That's a guy exactly like Sutter. will tell you, So yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll get you going, uh, for sure. In, in telling you what he wants or what to do Turner for sure.
2: <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I made that funny face. I just, I'm right on the edge of our golf course here. And I just witnessed a guy
3: just like drive right over a bunch of tee boxes on his cart and just keep going. Oh, that's bad etiquette. <laughs> That's brutal etiquette. Maybe he was making a sick TikTok, though, you know, that's allowed. <laughs> you wouldn't know. You would know you're good with
2: all the young kids now. So. Yeah,
3: that'd be sick. I'm like an influencer. I'm like a TikTok tock guy.
2: Uh, all right. So we're going to stay on the train of the Red Deer. You know, I'd like to talk about that 2000, 2001 year where you guys made the run and winning a WHL championship and then winning the Mammar. So, I mean, not very many people get the experience or run like that at a young age. So, I mean, walk us through it.
3: Yeah, I was, I've only had two good runs. One was in the minors. We went to the final Calder cup final and the other were, are with our red Deer teams. um, And they were awesome. Yeah. It was, it it was, it was incredible. Our team that year, we were, I think we were ranked like number one in the country. Like they come up with these rankings from all the leagues. I don't know how they decide it, but we were, we were ranked number one the entire way through. So it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, quite the thing to, I guess like keep the expectation of that up through the playoffs but um you know we had a huge rivalry against the Hitmen, and they were really good too they they had really good teams you know in the lead up to that to that season in previous years like you know sutter used to say like this is a joke like you guys are beat before you got off the bus to play like calgary because they were so good they had like so many good players and like pavel Brendel was scoring like 70 goals a year and wow. it was it was crazy how good they were so we played them in the second round of that run and beat them, I think in like five, five or six games. Wow! And uh, uh, after we got by them, it was like, we were like, okay, like we can, we can go. And, you know, we had good, good leaders, good veteran guys, and we had good young players too. I think we had like six guys drafted in like the top three rounds that year in my draft year. Um, <clears throat> And then, yeah, just getting like, I think the first time I ever flew on an airplane was that year when we flew to play Portland in the final. Uh, that's crazy, right? Um, they, Satsi flew us out there on a plane. It was sick. We had like, we were on like commercial plane, whatever, like, you know, flew to Vancouver, got another plane, flew down, down the States. It was like kind of crazy, but, um, you know, other than that, it was, uh, it was just like a really memorable. Like, I probably look back on it as one of the best years I ever played. I actually got a picture of us right here. This is us right here, man. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Jeez.
0: The old red seats to the agronome. Yeah, place.
3: Regina right there, boys. Yeah, yeah, couldn't, couldn't happen in a better place to have the tourney, too, in Regina. Like, oh, all my buddies and my family, it was, it was awesome. You guys in Regina put on a good show, too. Like, all the family members, like, at the beer gardens were just getting piled up every night. It was hilarious, like seeing everybody, like all the brothers and sisters and everyone, all just like destroyed the next day. (laughs) It was great.
2: If my dad saw that picture right now, he'd be crying. Oh, yeah. yeah,
3: Yeah. He was the head scout for the Pats that year. Oh, was he? No way. Yeah. Well, yeah. He would be, you guys, they had a good team too, but they were out in the first round, I think. And, and you had to wait, they had to wait like all that time to play us yeah. again. They had like what Barrett Jackman and they had like a bunch of really good players. You guys oh, no, wow. were pretty good that year too. So they actually beat us in the Memorial cup. They were they're the only team we lost to, but we were already booked into the final because we won our first two games. So it was kind of one of those. And then we had a bunch of fights like Garth Murray and Dougie Lynch had a big toe to toe. They were bleeding. I think Lynch, I think, uh, Garth Murray was bleeding. Dougie could chuck him pretty good, but, um, and then we had a couple other fights in that game too. So we were, we got kind of out of control. I think Regina beat us like four to one or something like that.
0: All right. I want to ask about the year after, cause I, and the next year after you, so you, you guys win the league title, you win a Mem Cup and the next year you guys are obviously confident again. You guys go right back to the league final. Yeah. Um, what would you say was different between, you know, the team that won it all to the team that, you know, un- unfortunately losing in the final?
3: Uh well, we lost a lot of our like veteran our, our veteran guys. So now I was like considered, I guess, like a real veteran guy. I was drafted already, and a lot of our guys were. Um, we also had Shane Bendera, who was our goalie, and you know, he'd been in the league for a little bit at the time. And I think Cam Ward's that was Cam Ward's rookie season. So right. he was like a 16-year-old goalie. And not like it's been done before, but it's just, you know, when you have a little bit more of a veteran experienced guy, it probably helps. But uh, we had, like, I was, I couldn't believe we lost to Kootenai in the final. And I think we, they beat us every time they beat us was in overtime. So I, I it was like, was that, it was kind of, Dawes here. Uh, I think Dawes was there. Yeah. And Duncan Milroy, remember him?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That he scored
3: good. like the OT winner on us to beat us, to sink us and, and to, to win their fourth game. And I, uh, uh, like, he just like, he had a good shot. Like he could snipe. He scored a lot of goals in the Western league and he just kind of came in and just, Top chatter on on Wardo just like just buried us. I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna go back to back like we were we were that good. We had just really good players and enough guys kicking around and and young young guys that are are like main core of our team was like really good. So I don't know it, that one still kind of kind of stings. It was a great run. We we I think we were down to Brandon Weekings actually in like round two and had to storm back to beat them. Big goal from Chris Niesner uh there's there's a name from the last needs. uh he scored a big ot winner to win a game for us to bring it back home to win another game and then i think you know we had to take him to seven to beat them i think we we're down three games to one against them so we had a little bit of a scare but <clears throat> we were definitely good enough to like go back to back i think Kootenay kootenai ended up winning the moral cup that year right so yeah. um you know i think you know if we would have got through we would have been uh probably set up pretty good to, to win another one. But yeah, that one, that one, I still think about that one. And I'm like, damn, man, we could have done it. We could have, we could have gone back to back. It sucks. Just not enough. We just fell short.
0: Well, I didn't mean to put a damper on the mood. So we'll, That's we'll, good. we'll pump it up to that. You know, on your pro career in 2001, you were selected in the first round of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, the 21st pick overall, I believe. Yep. Walk us through what that, day meant to you and your family then obviously we we love good draft stories so any good draft day uh, you know suits or sweat through your suit or oh yeah whatever
3: I was sweating through my suit at the uh, combine meetings which was like embarrassing and that's (laughs) the only reason why like the Pittsburgh combine meeting wasn't super memorable Um, but the fact that like they they like told me to relax and like chill and like I was wearing like a suit and it was just like in a hotel room you know and like they're like, take off your coat, just relax, you know. And I'm like, uh no, I'm good. And they're like, no, they like kind of like, like just like trying to help me relax. And like, but my back was just like a full V sweat stain down the back. <laughs> and they're like, Jesus, man, relax, you know. They're all like, I'm like, I told you, I didn't want to take off my coat. Like God, leave me alone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the draft was really cool. The day before the draft, I, I went for another two meetings. I went with Washington. For one, which was really cool. They're in these fancy ass hotels. I was like at like a with my parents at like a holiday inn type of thing, you know. And like we were down there too, and like my mom loves like seafood and shrimp and stuff, but we're like from Saskatchewan. So what's like the good option to get that? It's like red lobster. Yeah. So we were down there. And we think like red lobster is still like <laughs> like the shit, you know. So we I think we still went to like a red lobster while we were down there pretty much to like get seafood, even though we were in Florida where the draft was. So the draft was in Florida. Um, but I ended up going to another interview the day before the draft with the coyotes and, um, uh, their scouts and head guys are in there after it was done. The one guy took me back to, to his room. Cause I told him in the meeting, I've never like swam in the ocean before. And they're like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, I swear. Like, it's probably like my third plane ride ever, like coming here. Uh, and, and they're like, oh my God, i uh, they gave me a pair of his swim trunks. I was like a buck. I was like a buck, like 40. I put on these swim trunks and like went in swimming in the ocean with Warren Reichel, uh, who ended up owning like the Windsor Spitfires later and stuff, but he was one of the scouts and Shane Shirla was the other guy. If you remember him, uh, and I went swimming in the ocean with Warren Reichel for the first time. It was hilarious. It was awesome. That was like the first time I ever went in the ocean. And, uh, yeah. And then the next day, obviously the draft was crazy. Just seeing like, you know, Wayne Gretzky on the floor and like just faces and stuff that you you've only seen maybe on TV, you know, like I'd been to like three NHL games prior to that. You know, I went to like, I think I went to one Oilers game and two Flames games prior to that, you know, growing up in Saskatoon in Saskatchewan, we, we don't have like that. Like we got like the blade signing autographs in the mall when I was a kid, that was like unbelievable, you know? So uh it was it was just a really cool experience my mom my dad my brother were there my sister couldn't make it and uh yeah it was it it was just it was like surreal to be like in that and then to get called up and and like in the first round you know to go up on the stage and do that whole song and dance like to be a part of that like it was it was it was pretty amazing amazing thing to like experience for me and my family like i'd never flown with my family before on a plane going down there so it was like it was like, it was amazing to like do that with them. Cause you know, we, we never, we never got to take vacations as a family really. Cause you know, we are just wanted to play sports and hockey and we didn't have time to do or enough money to do anything else. So that was, that was actually really a great experience.
0: Yeah. That's wild. That's sick. Well, I was in his, I was gonna let Turner go ahead here, but the guy, the local guys cutting grass in the background there, he said at his condo there. So, <laughs> um, so you ended up starting your pro career and you know, it's, I mean, hey, it's you know the pro hockey is it, better than I played. So I mean, it's everyone's different. And you know, Some guys play right away at 18. Some guys don't play until they're 25, whatever it is. But you started your pro career, uh, pro career with Wilkes-Barre, um, three full seasons, you know, and then getting getting into your first NHL game later. But walk us through your, you know your time at Wilkes-Barre. Obviously, we we we've, we've, we've yeah. all heard about it from you know Biz and you know Witt and those guys on Checklets. But um, you know, you, you told us off record about your your uh, I think triple overtime goal, but walk us through just that program. And I think they feed so many good guys. It's almost like Detroit's program. So yeah, they uh, groom players. So
3: yeah. yeah, they do. And, and, and coaches too, they do a good job with coaches. Like they pump out coaches all over the place uh, also, but um, you know, I think our situation was a little more unique than like the way it is now for Pittsburgh. Like we, we, we P- Pittsburgh was like financial trouble. Like when I got drafted there, so, you know, they were, in bankruptcy issues and had some other things going on and you know we're fielding teams that weren't like super great I think we're just you know veteran guys that were kind of at the end of their careers that were a little bit cheaper um but the year I got drafted they had a little bit of a mini run remember they put in like Hedberg Hedberg moose the moose they put him in net and he had like a Manitoba moose helmet on oh yes yes. And, and, and he went on like a little bit of a playoff run and and uh I think they made it to like the second or they, they, I forget what they did. Casper I just scored a big overtime winning goal to push it to like they won a series and they weren't supposed to. And um, so they kind of had like some minimal exce- success. So it was like on my radar a little bit, but um, yeah, they they weren't like the in the best financial situation. And because they had been kind of bad, they were able to get like some pretty good prospects and picks over the years. Um, and they just stuck us in the minors. So, you know, looking back on it, everyone's in a big rush to get there, but Playing down there with everyone was, uh, you know, probably the best for me to develop and like one, my, my body. Like I came there, I was 19 years old. I was like a skinny rail still. I was a tall skinny rail. And like, there's kids, like I was rookie with like Matt Murley, who's on chicklets now. He does all the, he's the best guy ever. And a couple of guys that were like 23 year old rookies coming out of college that were like, you know, in good shape and built, look like men you know, so they, I think they had a little bit of an advantage and there was like no rules back then either. Like they had like no veteran rules. So we had like, you know, we had like 33 year old AHL journeyman on our team, you know, and I was playing against guys with like mullets and they're like freaking like missing their, all their teeth and have never played an NHL game. And they just like are in the, like playing in the jungle their whole life, you know, it's crazy. So I, I came in and, in that situation and the financial situation of the penguins that you know, I think we were able to like play a long time together with really good teams once again. So I went from really good teams in junior to like really good teams in the minors as well. And we were able to be really successful uh, through the playoffs and, um, you know, n- until the point where, you know, I kind of played myself played myself out of the league finally. It took me a while. I never got a game. I never got called up, uh, I cleared waivers, um, you wow. know, came back for my fourth year in the minors. I thought I was going to Russia. And I was like, this isn't going to, this isn't going to work. No one claimed me off waivers after the lockout season, which was arguably probably the greatest American league season ever, because we had like every team had their top six was all NHL young players that played in the NHL the next year. Uh, And I had a good season that year too. And uh, I think we went to the Calder cup final that year as well. Our team was just really good. Um, No, sorry. The year before we went Calder cup final, the next year we lost to Philly in the, uh, in the in the playoffs and they got jeff carter and and mike richards out of junior and like put them over the top they were really good um but i eventually got called up around just after christmas on my fourth year straight in the minors and never went back down so all those years of playing to get to that point and then finally like playing myself out of the league to the point where i think they had to call me up kind of was uh you know, looking back on it now, I'm like, God, I wasted so many years down there where I could have been banking paychecks and, uh, doing all this, you know, like my body wear and tear could have lasted less in the minors, but, uh, it was probably the best thing for me to be ready to play when I got there.
0: I was actually watching a video of you yesterday when you mentioned like, you're so skinny, you're putting money on the board in, in uh, Wilkes-Barre room. I think It was your first game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we goal and two assist or whatever. And I was, I was, I was trying to read the number the video was so brutal. Like it was just but like I couldn't even see the number. Do you know what the number was yeah. you
3: put on the board? I don't know. It was probably like a 200 bucks maybe or something. I think it was like pretty big at that for that at the time, but the guys were all on me. Cause I got the big signing bonus when I was young. So I was like 19. Yeah. played my friend. I scored two goals that night too. And yeah. I was like, I thought I was just going to rip the league apart. I'm like, this league's easy. <laughs> I think I ended the year with eight goals. It was like, <laughs> Uh, good first night yeah it was a good first night and we're playing against like the Toronto Maple Leafs farm team too which was super cool right (laughs) it was really really cool and uh, yeah that that first year was kind of an eye-opener to like pro hockey and like you know the job you know what it's like as a job because I thought it was just like it's just hockey before and then I got there and I was like oh shit these guys are different like this is different
0: was there ever a time that you were kind of like you know, maybe after your fourth year, and then you said, you know, waivers and whatnot. Like, was there like, fuck, like maybe I'm done. You know, maybe the NHL's for yeah. me. Like, was there just like frustrating times? And I mean, obviously, I think every athlete goes through it. But yeah, I walked us through that just, just that time.
3: Yeah, I think there was frustrating moments where I just was like, I was done with the American League. Kind of, I was like, wanted a shot so bad, and I just wasn't getting it. And then the the clearing of the waivers because I had a good camp that year too. Right, I think I led our t- led led the Penguins in points in the preseason, and. I don't know necessarily I'm like known as like a point producer guy, but I think that usually like lends itself to like keeping you around for a little bit off the start. But I I got sent down and I cleared waivers and I was like, shit. Cause you know, any team can kind of grab you then. And I never, I never got like, no one took a sniff or got like nothing. So I was like, when I went down to Wilkes-Barre, I was like, damn, like, I think I'm going, I think I'm done. Like what's for my future. Maybe the KHL. That's honestly what I was thinking. I'll probably end up in Russia. If I don't like after this, because it's just, I'm never going to get a a look. So yeah, there was some times like through it that I was like kind of down about like, you know, if it was really going to, you know, be in the cards for me or work out or where I would be.
0: Hmm. That's wild. Rip, is that guy done cutting grass or what?
3: Yeah, we got (laughs) it. All
2: right. This is what it is. All right, so you you grind a few years, but you finally get that shot up in the NHL in that two thousand five six season. Not a big deal. I mean, yeah, not a big deal. Walk us through that game. I mean, you got to play with a very dominant veteran lineup. So, I mean, uh, let the people know.
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, oh. It was interesting. They, I think the Penguins that year lost like their first nine games to start the season. Uh, and I think Eddie Olchek was the coach at the time. And he ended up getting fired a, a little while later. And they called up our coach from the minors, Michelle Therrien, who I had majority of my pro career uh, with him. Um, but yeah, I got called up just after Christmas. Actually, it's a crazy story because it was at Christmas. So my, my mom and dad and my sister were down visiting over the holidays. And um, you know my, and they were at my like girlfriend's house at the time, my wife now so we just finished the game they all went back to the house except for my 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 girlfriend mal and my my sister uh waited after um to like go home so they're just kind of like waiting milling around down bottom wait for me to come out and uh they came and called me in the office so i went in there and they told me i was getting called up and when i came back into the trainer room we had a, like a strength coach his name is steph dubay great guy and he was like uh I knew before he yeah, had like French accent. He's like, yeah, I knew before the game you were going to get called up. You know, I had two goals and four assists, I think in that game. And, uh, I was like, what the friggin' hell, man? Like you freaking you guys knew I was going to get called up before the game started. And you still, what if I broke my leg? Yeah. <laughs> i was so pissed that he told me that kind of, cause I was like, but I was like so happy to finally get the chance. But I was like, man, I played a game knowing I was going to get called up, but I didn't know, but they knew that they were going to call me up after the game. Like, I was like, Holy shit. Like my life could have been totally different looking back on it. and something bad happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I got to go, go back to my girlfriend's place and tell my parents and my dad was like, he was so fired. My family was so fired up. And then the next morning I, I flew out, uh, with Max Talbot, who got called up again. Also, he started the year with the team though, and they sent him back down and, and then we both went up together, caught a plane out to Pittsburgh in the morning, bright and early. Went to the rink. I don't even remember if I did morning skate or what. I think we just got there in time because we played the night before, and we played the New Jersey Devils that night. Like Marty Broder, freaking John Madden, like all these guys' names that you know from like oh. the good the like the glory days of well, some I never, of the yeah, I never, some of the good like New Jersey Devils shutdown teams. So it was it was it was crazy. I, I didn't sleep a wink, but my parents were around. It's like a you know five hour drive across state to get to Pittsburgh and uh they were able to come to my first game so yeah that New Jersey Devils it's my first game just after Christmas that year and um it was an interesting first 10 games for sure for me uh in that spot before kind of everything changed.
0: So when you get there and this is I wrote this down earlier but I wanted to talk about some of the guys you walked into that locker room like yeah Shar Rey Leclerc, like you know those are just a few of the guys I mentioned but like that rock that roster and that team like what are those guys? not only do you know for you just development wise but just even how to like you know be a pro not that you didn't know how to be a pro for four years in the minors but now you're in the national league and like what do those guys do they've been there for i would would say minimum 700 games a piece
3: oh yeah i know like i grew up a habs fan so like i knew i like i thought like reccy leclerc lyle Oldline was there i was like these guys are like legends you know so i was like oh shit like this is so cool and it and it helped First of all, it helped that I'd been going to camp there for like five years previous to that. So I knew all the training staff. I knew majority of the guys already just from like being there and getting sent. But like, you know, you're there at the time. Camps were like a month long. It was like you were there for a while. That's a lot of per right. diem envelopes. You know what I mean? So it's like you're just banking per diem envelopes down hard <laughs> before you get sent down. But uh it was it was great. They, those guys, honestly, those those older guys that we had at that time, because we had, you know, some young guys that finally got you know, brought up into there, like myself, Talbot, um, you know, Whitney, Christensen, um, yeah, you know, I'm probably missing some of them. We had Sidney Crosby who was, you know, was his first year as well. He was 18. Never heard um, yeah. Just some <laughs> random dude. Uh, that was pretty good. He had showed some promise early, but he, uh, those guys were awesome for us honestly they're great we had a young team like if we go out together like Gaunch was there all the boys were there it's great I still talk to Rex still to this day he lives in Pittsburgh here in the off season when he's not coaching and now he's probably looking for he's looking for another job as New Jersey just let him go but um, those guys were amazing to have as young guys in the room and and I was like kind of starstruck too like sitting in there next to them or hanging out with them it was like really really surreal like growing up watching them and like, I don't know. It's, it's crazy to think that you're, you're playing on dressing with them in the same room and like, they're your friends, they're your buddies. Cause it, you, you just watched them on TV. Yeah, that is sick. Yeah, it's sick. It's the best thing about the NHL. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> okay.
0: Quote, unquote, sick move, bro. Referring to the play by Sidney Crosby, uh, scoring the first goal in the uh, yeah. winter classic. Um I think there was seventy thousand fans there. I could be wrong in the number, but walk us through. You know, not and that day was snowy. Obviously, you're playing in it, but it was brutal weather. You scored like 19 seconds into the game. Yeah, walk us through playing in the winter class.
3: I'm glad you brought that up because if you didn't, I was going to. I always brag about that goal. (laughs) As the first. Yeah. It was the first ever winter classic that the NHL had done. I think they'd done previously like a heritage classic, um, year before, right. Or two years prior. Yeah. Montreal and, and Edmonton and And it was like freezing cold and there wasn't like 70,000 fans there. I don't know how many were there, but not even close. But, um, my buddy Stoll, who I mentioned previously, Jared Stoll, he played in it with Edmonton. So, um, I remember talking to him about like, "That oh, was so cool. Oh my God. That'd be really fun to do. So we get drawn into this game, the first ever winter classic that is now like held every year on, on the first um, yeah. uh, of oh, January yeah. on the New Year's. And, um, yeah, it was like right off the drop of the puck. There was, it was snowing. It was, it was crazy. It was It was like, I couldn't believe it was a real game. Like it counted as like points on the standings. That's how like crazy the event was or crazy it seemed. Now there's so many of them. It's like normal, but at the time it was just like, wow, this is like unbelievable experience and all those fans. And like they had jets flying over the top during the anthem and all the crazy stuff you could imagine heaters on the bench, like, like not your normal NHL game. And uh, yeah, we, I was playing online. It's crazy. I, I show my kid, I'm like, my son's 11. I'm like, dude, look at this. Playing on I was playing online with Malkin and Crosby. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? Right. But it was uh it was awesome. Yeah. 19 seconds in the game. Like Sid just got it and like powered it through the snow like a plow and like going around everybody. It was crazy. And then I just cleaned up like a seagull around the around the at the dump. Just went and cleaned up a little piece of garbage up front, just flew away with it. So yeah, that was, that was good. And then, and then Sid stole my thunder later because they tied it up and we had to go to a shootout and he scored in the shootout and all they show from the game is like him celebrating after the shootout win. But I uh, <laughs> like, it couldn't happen any perfectly for the league that like the, you know, the young face of the league, yeah. um, you know, scored that winner against Ryan Miller in like this amazing setting. So yeah, that's one of the highlights of like, you know, probably like highlight event of my hockey career just to be able to experience that and do that and then also to score so fast so it's still like the fastest outdoor goal i think in the winter classic so i always like i always watch the first minute of every game just to make sure i still got that that, <laughs> record, that shitty record that they could do is like trivia at a hockey game one day you know
0: I'm pretty sure there was more snow that went than that when Crosby scored that game. <laughs> it
3: was a, it was tough, man. The ice was in terrible conditions and it just kept like snowing, like big flakes the whole time. So, um, you know, we had, we had one area of the ice where it was kind of beat up and they're like, Hey, just don't skate in that area. Like during the game, like try to stay away from this area. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. Yeah.
2: Put a pile on there. So we don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All righty. Uh, you know, what, let's. You, you moved from Pittsburgh to Atlanta. So, how was that? How was that adjustment? And what was it like playing with like rock stars like Cole Chuck and Hosa? Oh.
3: No, I got, for Hossa. Oh, I got okay. traded for Hosa. I got traded for Hosa. Yeah. I was like one of like four players, three players and a prospect that got traded. So, it was me, Christensen, Esposito, and a pick for Pascal Dupuis and Hosa at the trade deadline. I got traded. <clears throat> right at the deadline so when I got there yeah Kovalchuk was there it was crazy he's sick man like he's a sick player like you know uh playing with a guy like Crosby and seeing what he can do and then playing with like a guy like Ovechkin that's like really good at scoring goals like to watch if, I honestly it felt like he scored every single night you know scoring 50 like 50 is crazy right so it's like to, to see him every day and like the way he could shoot and how big he was um you know, the first time I ever saw Kovalchuk was at the draft because he was my draft year, and he went number one overall, Spezza number two, and so on. But um, I saw him in, like, the elevator, and I was talking about how skinny I was. He was, like, he his back to, like, chest to back was, like, so thick. Like, he was, like, a man. You know, he was a big dude. And to see how fast he could skate and how good his hands were and how good he could shoot. And, like, his stick had this awesome, like, giant toe wow. curve. It was like, he was like, he's such a, like a different player, you know, um, that it was amazing. So, and it, and then like, even like the media following, we had one beat writer on our, on our media team, you know, that was there every day. We had like no media at anything. We had like no fans. It was just like a totally different environment <laughs> to play in the NHL. Totally different.
0: What, uh, what was he like as a teammate? Was pretty quiet or is he pretty outgoing?
3: Yeah. He's pretty quiet. He's pretty funny though. Like he was, he was, he was really funny, like laughing and having jokes. He liked going for dinners and stuff on the road. So I hung out with him quite a bit. And, um, you know, but at, when we were at home he was pretty private, like with his family and right. had kids at the yeah. time already too, and married. So he was, he was kind of in and out fairly quick, but when we got on the road, it was, it was, he, he was, he'd come for dinners and hang out and he loved having laughs and like everything. And he's a really fun guy to be around. So um, yeah, he, you know, he never, never won anything there. Obviously it was a challenge for him and leading the way in Atlanta, which, <clears throat> you know, did, they made the playoffs once in, in their entire existence and got swept with home ice advantage, uh, to the New York Rangers. So it, it wasn't like, you know, a great environment, I think, you know, right. all the time where it was, you know, hard losing as much as they did in a, in a newer franchise.
0: So, Rip is our uh, stat guy here. He's going to pull up some stats, probably, I'm sure. But uh, playing for Toronto, and I believe it was a couple of years, maybe more. Uh, what, what was that like? I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I think people shit on the Leafs a lot. And I think they did, it. it's yeah. just off, you know, it's the media and it doesn't help them. But, you know, you playing there from Saskatchewan, um, just walk us through your time with Toronto. I mean, I, was, I don't know how the seasons were, but I think just in general, putting on that jersey and, you know, playing there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was an unbelievable experience. Like going from Atlanta, becoming a free agent, and then, you know, signing with Toronto and having them pursue you and want you. And uh and then going to like a, a market like that in Toronto and, and the history of the team and you know, the legacy and the players and the alumni of the team that are around and um the expectation. I kind of at the time wanted that, you know, playing in Atlanta kid was just like, you know, the expectations just aren't the same. And like, right. you know,
0: do whatever you want kind of thing.
3: Yeah, it's just different. There's like no attention and it it, it just didn't feel like the same. So I kind of was looking for like to go somewhere if I was going to be a free agent, somewhere where it was like meaningful. Yeah. And I went to the craziest place in the world for that, <laughs> for hockey. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, it was a tough, it was tough. My two years there were super tough. I ended up getting bought out the last year of my contract and I got like broke both my feet. I had surgery on my hand. I suffered my first ever like big concussion where I missed like two months of time, got a high ankle sprain. I missed another like two and a half months. So in my two years there, I probably played the equivalent of almost like just over a full season uh, due to injuries. And uh, it was super frustrating. And probably like the darkest time of my career, honestly trying to deal with that mentally and the injuries. Um, But I mean, it was such an honor and, and such a, like a cool thing to be a part of that team and a part put on that Jersey, like you said, and, um you know play for Leafs nation which is like the biggest fan base probably in the NHL it was just uh it was wild like you know I talk about like playing with John LeClaire and Recky, growing up watching on tv well we got like you know we got got, like Hockey Night in Canada's Leafs all the time so you know now you're now you're on Hockey Night in Canada all the time and you're kind of in that in that kind of spotlight and in the pressure cooker and um it it was uh it was kind of everything I wanted to be a part of but it didn't go as, as I had planned
0: yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, I think we have a few more here, Army, and then we'll go to our segment called Questions from the Gallery, but we got to get uh, three more points here and then we'll. Yep. Segment. Rip, quick. Go
2: yeah. We're going to go from one Maple Leaf to another. Uh, playing for Team Canada, I mean, you got to play in two world championships, one in Russia and one in Switzerland, I believe. So that's kind of a complete 180 of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, walk us through those experiences of uh, playing for Canada, I guess, and a couple medals. Uh, represent your country
3: yeah yeah it was it was awesome like that's probably the proudest I think my mom's been of me just being able to do that and I I tried out for world world juniors and I got cut um so this is like the first time being able to represent my country and actually we made the playoffs in 07 uh was the first year now they've strung 16 years together but that was the first year of the 16 year run for the penguins and uh, I remember we were at a pirates game at the end of the year we we're like boozing you know having some beers and watching the game and you know the whole, like like I'd say like like most of the team was there and I had like you know my cell phone rang and I asked, I'm like hello he's like hey it's Steve Iserman I'm like <laughs> yeah okay buddy like just drinking a beer it's <laughs> like yeah Steve Iserman I just want to know if you'd be interested in coming and playing for our team at world championships in, in Russia and I was like oh really? And and then I was like, I hit the panic button. I was like, oh my God, it's Steve Iserman. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this what am I doing? How am I going to do this? I've been off for like four days, five days. I've been, you know, we've been having a few drinks and like just about to head home. And now I'm like, okay, like, uh, when do I got to be there? He's like, well, you'd have to leave tomorrow morning. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, (laughs) I, I, then I explained to him my situation. I'm like, I'm at a pirates game right now. And it's like the end of the year for the last five days. And it's kind of like, not ideal situation. I'm gonna be like really rusty and like I feel like I'm not ready. Like this is gonna be really hard. And he's like, buddy, relax. It's like riding a bike, you'll be fine. Jeez. And everybody said that That's to me. Our roster. Yeah, yeah, I know. And as soon as he said that to me, like it'll be fine. It's like riding a bike, like Steve Iserman. Like, I was just like, Okay, I got this. Steve Eiserman <laughs> says it's gonna be good. It'll be good. So yeah, I got over there to Russia and Shane Doan met me in the in the lobby. He was our captain. And I never met the guy in my life, and like the nicest human being ever. Care helped me carry my my hockey bag up to my room and all my luggage I brought and uh, yeah just amazing I, I I don't know if our team was like the best team ever assembled for sure but we never lost a game in that tournament and uh, we had a great group of guys and Russia was totally crazy place Moscow was like the biggest city I've ever been to it was, it was honestly crazy when we go to the games we had a police escort. Uh, us to the games and it's like literally nonstop traffic like 24 7 in moscow It is crazy and they would drive us and we'd go on the other side of the road down like down head-on traffic with cop cars leading us and cars just swerving out of the way of us and we're just like ripping out of the traffic on the other side of the road it was like insane um but yeah it was a great experience i ended up scoring a goal in the final game it was the only goal i got i maybe had one other point maybe an assist also in the tournament i was like on the fourth line with a few other guys actually that was a year like um taves played world juniors and then he played on this team as well and he was like he was unbelievable He was like quarterbacking our pp on the half wall he was like he was like 18 years old he was so nasty and uh end up scoring a goal in the final though and it held up to be the game winning goal and we won four to two against finland and uh took down a gold medal so it was like it was, it was Honestly, the, the feeling you get representing your country is, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain like the, the pressure that you feel, yeah. Yeah. but also like, you know, the, the pride that you feel to do that. So I got to do it again in Switzerland. We lost in the final to Russia, which was brutal. I've never cried after a hockey game before, but I did after that one. I don't know, just maybe it's because it's like Canada, Russia, the rivalry, you know, the feeling of like letting everyone down, all that kind of stuff kind of hits you. But, uh, you know, playing for Team Canada is like one of the biggest highlights of my career, for sure. Oh, that's sick. I wish. Yeah, it was cool. Like in the dress room in Moscow 2 won. I think Commodore, like comm- Commie was on our team. He's a beauty. He oh, yeah. he, traded his, uh, he traded a hockey stick to like a Russian cop for his cop hat. And they have like these weird, distinct, like giant cop hats. Yeah. And the guy just like didn't give a shit. He's like, gave his cop, me wanted the cop hat. And he did like an exchange. So he's wearing like this Russian cop hat around when we went. It was hilarious. It was awesome. And then I went to the airport without, I didn't even sleep because we were just raging all night. And I went to the airport without sleeping. And uh, I don't recommend that. That's a hard flight home from Russia when you're kind of banged up flying <laughs> with no sleep.
2: I can't believe it.
3: That's it's a little funny. easier to do when you got a gold medal around your neck, though. Yeah, but is true. How's she going? How's she going?
0: <laughs> All right, Army. Uh, I'm almost positive you're a golfer. Uh, how much are you playing? Uh, where's the home track and, you know, some courses you got to play in your time so far?
3: Uh, I used to love playing um, at the Willows in Saskatoon. That's, like, kind of the spot I like. How so much, though? It's changed, yeah. So I lived in one of the condos there. Oh, cool, started developing obviously houses in that community and stuff, which I think was a good move. I think it's cool that way, but I like how there was like hills on the side. I was a brutal, like, slice golfer, huge slice, boys. Yeah. Slice. Power fade, Power oh, fade. yeah, yeah, that's a better way to say it, yeah. And I, uh, so I liked how the hills like you could always find your ball or like you kind of got redirected back funnel in, okay. and uh, so I'd play there a lot with uh Jeff Will. Had me going out there quite a bit, trying to teach me when I started. And I used to love going there all the time Uh, here in Pittsburgh, we're we're members at Treesdale golf and country club here. Uh, It's, it's a real nice course. And I I don't golf too often. I started off like golfing, not too much, mostly doing like scrambles and like tournaments and charity tournaments. So I, I never really played enough to like really be good but I kind of want to start doing that. It's hard with four kids now though, but <laughs> like, Hey honey, see, ya? I'm just going to go play golf for like 10 hours. She's like 10 hours. Why does it take that long? Cause it does. Okay. Cause you gotta, <laughs> gotta hit the, you gotta hit the clubhouse up after, right? You got to. Um, But I hope to golf a little more. I shoot, not, I don't shoot that well. Like I, if I break 90, I like, I like, that's the greatest time of my life. Like I'll lose it. if I break 90, um, so I'm like a 90 to 95 kind of golfer, which isn't great, but I wish I golfed more.
0: Well, it's not, that's not bad though. Yeah. You should probably start playing more. I mean, 10 hours. Yeah. A day. You know, what's cool. I
3: lived on a course. I lived on a golf course here in, uh, in Pittsburgh. So I bought the house before I got traded. Then I got traded. Then I rented it to Craig Adams. Yeah. So he played here for a bunch of years and then he finally called me. He's like, Hey, I'm moving back where I'm going to retire. I'm this is my last year. I was like, okay, crap, what am I gonna do? Like sell this house or move back? So we ended up making the decision to move back to Pittsburgh, moved into that house, which I lived in for like five months before I got traded or less. Um, and I hadn't seen it since then. So it was kind of cool going back there, but I was right on the tee box of the fourth hole uh, of a, a course called Nebelwood. It's a really nice course in Pittsburgh also. And like literally every morning, like by my watch, mario would come by playing golf at like you know like 10 o'clock or 9 45 around that time he'd get to the fourth hole you know and so like every day it was like mario pierre larouche jay caulfield and maybe somebody else whoever was in their foursome would come by and i'd like my kids in their diapers running around the backyard and like driving those little electric like cars and like you know i'm sitting out there my hair's a mess drinking a coffee in the back (laughs) and mario comes up you know, it's like, holy shit, what am I doing? But it was, it was, it's so cool to see like randomly, like Lemieux around town, like golfing or, yeah. or, you know, pretty much in your backyard, having them around. It's, uh, he's one of those guys that has like an aura or something, but yeah. man, he's sick at golf. He's sick at golf. His kid, Austin is sick at golf too. Like really, really good. Um, and for all your golfer listeners, there's some really nice courses here in Pittsburgh and around Pittsburgh that are really, really nice. If you want to think about traveling and checking some stuff out, some, some really great courses around here.
0: Maybe me and Turner did a flight down there. We'll play some golf. You guys we will figure it out. Yeah. Put it down Let there. me know boys. Do a Let me know. Okay. Uh, last one here. And then we're going to our segment. So we we'll always finish off before we're going to this into our segment piece of advice for a young listener today, you know, whether that's to be a hockey player, doctor, lawyer, uh, you know, you're, you're now in the media now, um, you know, just some advice for a young listener today.
3: I would say for hockey, especially now, like stick with it. I think, you know, we're seeing never more like we're seeing a lot of stories, although hockey is like, you know, big money, you got to spend a lot of money. I think there's never been more different ways to do it, you know, different ways for your path to get you to the NHL. I just think there's so many more options now of, you know, different places to go or how to do it or how you, you know, develop or get better and just to stick with it because it's weird how things work out. You know, I, I, for example, like even back in the day, I played with a kid named Jeff way Um, and he, he wasn't even drafted in the Bantam draft. And like, literally, I was drafted in the Bantam draft, the sixth round, two years later, three years later, I went in the first round, Jeff way wasn't even drafted in the Bantam draft, played a defense on our team, really good player and got drafted to Philly in the first round right after me. So, wow. you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I think if you just, if you want it bad enough and there's something there to stick with it because, you know, things can work out and they're always looking, they're always watching. It's never been easier to see someone also. Uh, so no matter where you are, where you're playing, always think of that.
0: Love it. All righty. Off our segment called questions from the gallery sponsored by Rubberco. Rubberco was founded in 2021. It's made out of hundred percent recycled tires and has tons to offer. We offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices called the deflector. Check out the website at www.rubbercrow.com or on social media at Rubber Crow. You can call as well at 306-541-9840. Think with your head and choose the right rubber. All right.
3: <laughs> Let's go Rubber That's a great read right there.
0: Thank you. <laughs> great read. Okay. I got a few. I was actually, I almost had Jockey on the line. He called actually while we were like middle of this thing, he was going to jump on the pod. Well, that'd have been great. That'd have been great. Questions, so we'll get to that shortly here. But we got to go to <laughs> lowest golf round ever.
3: I I shot an 83 once, and it was at like a nice course in Vancouver.
0: Nice. And I
3: drained I drained every putt. Like that's <laughs> the only reason why I just j- was jarring putts all over the place. You're a Chevy Chase. Yeah. <laughs> all
2: right all righty so we're gonna best locker room prank i know you got to play a couple of years with mark andre Fleury. yeah so. he's a
3: beast he's a beast i think the best one though like i think we found it we, there's a, a lot of mice at the old melon arena and I, I don't know if this one's been i think they told this one bugsy might have told it on uh bugsy's a good practical joke guy though too like him and flower are right up there but they uh they put a, a dead mouse in a shoe that they killed in the rink and shoved it in the toe of a shoe and then nailed his shoe to like the bench in our change room so like he couldn't he had to like rip the shoe off and then put his foot on and we were going to go for dinner and it was, it was on wits ryan whitney's shoe and uh he put his foot in a shoe and like we were dying laughing because he didn't know there was a dead mouse shoved in the toe of the shoe <laughs> and we told him he freaked out it was hilarious That was like pretty hilarious but most of the time the guys do like steal your car keys and drive your car like three miles away in the parking lot <laughs> and like you have to go get it or you know fill your car full of crap i saw that in minnesota this year i saw they filled up some guy's car with like those packing peanuts yeah that was that's a i love that kind of stuff that's that was hilarious yeah it's awesome
0: and <laughs> the mouse in the shoe that's disgusting. Yeah. Gross. Also. Rip, you settled in now over there again?
2: Oh yeah. Um, next question, rookie dinner. You got any stories about the rookie dinner? How much it cost and who were you guys with?
3: I think our rookie dinner, we had like eight rookies on the team. So it was like pretty easy for us. We were like like two guys or something. We were in New York City. Um, just standard, like nice steakhouse dinner, like big expensive bottles of wine for like veteran guys. You know, <laughs> it was like hilarious. But I think like John LeClaire and those guys are like so good to us. Like they capped it at a certain price and like, you know, we got off kind of easy, I think, just because their guys were so good. Um, nothing really like super memorable about it. Honestly, we went to like some crazy New York city bar after, and there was like, it was like, there was like VIP section, but it was like tiered at the one end of the bar. I forget the name of it. Like so, something beach. <clears throat> I don't know. It's like probably a famous bar. I'm just forgetting the name, but. It was kind of weird because you're like sitting up and on top, like everyone can see you guys uh, like sitting where you're sitting because of the way it's set up. So it was like, kind of like awkward as hell, but it was, it was pretty cool. It was, it was, it was fun. It was good, but it wasn't like no, no crazy story. I don't think the bill was that big. Like, I think we got off really easy, like just a couple grand each or something. And I've heard it getting, I've heard it being really ridiculous, but. Oh yeah. we had Good, good vets. I think maybe that saved the day.
0: You, you said seasoned vets, but good vets. Yeah. Too. Who was the one guy we had on Turner who played with Dion and there was like 20 grand. Who was that guy? Oh, Oh, it's pressed. Yeah. They had, they had like 20 grand. He said, he said it was like the highest one he's, he's heard in a long time, but that's. So time. he
3: had to pay 20 grand out of his own pocket per guy.
0: I think him and another guy, they split it at 10 each. There was oh 15. yeah.
3: That's usually what happens if there's only two, we had so many guys though. It was like, you know, it was a little, a little bit easier, but yeah, that, that's probably what, it what, that's probably what we had to pay. I mean, but it was split between a bunch of us.
0: That's a lot of money.
3: Yeah. It's crazy. Those bottles of wines at those places, boys, like it's not worth it. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I couldn't tell you what a good bottle of wine is and what a bad one is.
0: $31 tasteable. There's a $41 one for
2: me. Yeah. So. Let's
3: go. Sasky style boys. Let's go. <laughs> like I yeah. just got back from
2: England. You go to, go to the bar and get it. It was two bucks. And I'd have no clue if it was good or bad. i just fucking
3: crash it. Yeah, that's what we do. You just throw it on. Sounds the price is right. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Okay. uh, First NHL goal against and who who he is playing and who is it on?
3: First NHL goal was on the power play, believe it or not, (laughs) against (laughs) the Atlanta Thrashers on Kari Lettinen. Who I ended up playing with in Atlanta and good friends with him now. I actually scored my world championship game-winning goal uh, for Canada against Finland against Kari Lenninen also. So, wow. yeah, I victimized him a few times for some good memories. Yeah, <laughs> it was on the road in Atlanta. My goal, but uh, assisted by Thomas Sarovi and Mark Reki. So I got Mark Mark Reki is one of the guys that helped set it up. So it's pretty cool. I think he assisted on Sid's first goal too. He probably has a lot of firsts because we had a young team then, so he, yeah. was, he was probably getting a lot of apples on a lot of guys' first goals. Picking up all the pox. Yeah.
2: Rip. All right. Uh, who would be your dream 4 son in golf?
3: <laughs> yeah, you got to add that in, I guess. Um, oh, good call, man. I don't know.
0: Someone I, asked it. one time. Someone did ask that. They're like, in golf?
3: yeah yeah i bet yeah <laughs> yeah maybe tiger woods right i'd love to see that it'd be cool to yeah. talk to him michael jordan would be cool although he'd probably take he'd probably take all our money somehow gambling on the golf game um and the last one i guess i'd just take my maybe my dad i like work with those guys that'd be pretty fun pretty cool to do
0: Jay, I might have been sleeping at the wheel earlier when you told this, but I'm not sure. Uh, Jeff asked when well, he said to mention playing golf with the lap before Dakota Dunes. He could ask about how he hit it all over the map.
3: Oh god, i I'm so bad, man. I'm so bad. Jockey had to talk me off a bunch of stuff. yeah, i I, I played around before that. I was all over the place. and then I then the next day I was partnered. He was with Farbs, remember Farbs, Lee Fairburn, and yeah. uh, good golfer too and uh i was partnered with the let we played like a little mini game and i think they beat us just because i was so bad i was so <laughs> bad like the let couldn't even save me that's how bad i was <laughs> and the dudes is a tough course have you guys ever oh, played yeah. that course? it's hard like a lot of blind shots you're like in you're down and like you know everything's we kind of shit there too. it's so hard i lost i lose so many balls boys like it's crazy like I, if I go golfing, I got to make sure just mentally that I have enough balls in the, in my bag so that I'm not scrambling. If I have enough, I like, I can relax a little bit more, but if I don't, I, I start to get in my own head. Like I'm going to run out of balls for sure today. Like, this is a bad idea. Figure it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Turner caddy for me this past year where I was in the man's jam and a few other events and like, I don't know what it is, but like, I humbly, like, I don't lose a lot of golf balls when I play ever. Yeah. And then I put like 35 golf balls in my golf bag. And he's carrying this thing. and said like plus 40. <laughs> We're at Elwood. He's like, why do you have 40 golf balls in your 37 water bottles. I didn't lose a golf ball all weekend. Four days.
3: You're just making them work. Hey, just a <laughs> mule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or I was hoping there's a bunch of fans there. I just started signing golf balls. And them. Yeah. Was Unbelievable.
3: No That's perfect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I had Jeff Smith as assistant coach and junior.
3: Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. Where were you, Estevan?
2: I was an Estevan for a year. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't afraid to tell people that he scored the OT winner in the Mem Cup final. <laughs> throughout the rumor mill, there there's been rumors that he actually did not score; it didn't hit him at all. But can you confirm or not confirm that this happened?
3: Yeah, I know this has been that this has been a controversy. Yeah, because we scored in double overtime of that game, and Smitty, of course, a good Regina boy too. Shout out Smitty. It was like one of the more clutch players I ever played with like big gangly guy. Like, you know, he could just find a way to score goals though. A uh, great teammate, great guy, but he, uh, I think Doug Lynch got it, to be honest with you. I think I, I know Smitty was right there, but I think it hit off like the other team and went in, but I, I mean, Frick, even today, I, it's hard. I, I guess I'd have to look at the goal again, but I don't really care it went in. <laughs> yeah, I'll let
2: Smitty, let in.
3: Yeah. I'll let Smitty take that though. He can have that. He, he's a beauty. Yeah, that's good. I love that he says that too. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> Everyone knows yeah. he scored it.
3: Yeah, good. Good for him. Yeah, he, he did score. He did score in the first game against Faldor, who he ended up playing in the final. He did score the OT winner in that first game. So he's super clutch. So I wouldn't be surprised if it touched him, but I think it was Doug Lynch.
0: You remember what you remember when Valdor celebrated when they did their flybys, they slid across the bench.
3: Yeah. They like jumped into their bench and stuff. Yeah. They were good, man. They had sick players. Like that's the crazy thing about that. And two at the time, it's just like never easier to see guys now, you know, like it's so easy to follow, you know, or YouTube or, you know, there's games on broadcasted now all the time. Like you never saw any of those guys. Then it was like, maybe you saw a picture of them in the hockey news.
2: Yeah. at the time
3: but like you never saw anybody or knew what they looked like or played like yeah like I remember when I played the prospects game in Calgary that year like I was like whoa wow that's Jason Spezza cool because <laughs> like I only heard about him or saw him in like a picture in the hockey news I never like saw him in real life or what he looked like so it's like to hear the big pumps of guys or you know like Simone Gamash that year on that team had like 170 points or something crazy maybe more so it's like who is this guy? What does he look like? How does he play? What, like, what does he do? That's so good. You didn't see it until we actually saw it. Right. You
0: know, it's crazy. That's wild. Army, I have one more and uh, I don't know if Turner has any more, but how many sticks do you have from when you played?
3: Oh, I probably have, probably have 10 sticks or so left.
0: Oh, really? I I remember seeing Ryan Smith's like Twitter cover photo and it's like 8,000 sticks. I was just curious if you kept all your sticks when you played or
3: no, no. I, I I think and I don't even think I have I think I have a the new remember that O stick, that brutal oh, one. Oh yeah, the you were top? famous
0: for the O stick.
3: You I did. use that stupid thing, but like I, I don't know why, but I always tell this about that stick because it's so so brutal, right? It's so bad. They uh the only guys that used it in the league were me and Chris Neal. And Pavel Datsuk. So, like, I just hang my hat on it that like Datsuk used it because if it was just me and Chris Neal, that, that that stick ain't, ain't any good. You know, it's like, <laughs> 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 I always got chirp for my stick too, but I couldn't I couldn't get rid of it because I actually used a different stick earlier years, and then they stopped making it. And then I tried like go back to Easton. I tried to go to like all these other like Warrior, and none of it felt like the same. And then I got that O stick. I don't know why I tried it. And it felt like my other stick kind of like just the feel. So I was like, Oh, I guess I got to use this thing. So yeah, I, I don't even know the science behind it. Like, is it, I don't know, it's strong. It was
0: aerodynamic. Like, like they would shoot. They would, like it would be lighter under shot or something. It's kind of like that new the slingshot air
3: would waft you through gotta, the holes. We got to stick with a hole in the blade now.
2: Yeah, yeah a, I saw the stick, that. What
3: the hell is that?
2: <laughs> wow. These wow.
3: kids are so weak now. They need holes in their <laughs> blades because they make their sticks lighter or something. I don't know.
0: Rip, you got uh, any more? I'm good. All righty, Army. Uh, man, I want this has been a blast today. Um, I hope we can do it again down the road. And, yeah, I appreciate coming on today, and I hope you uh, you had fun.
3: Yeah, good to catch up with Sasky boys, and uh, thanks for having me on. Good luck and congrats with uh, your guys' show. Uh, and if you talk to a golf sponsor, I need some new clubs, all right? And, <laughs> and I'll say this. If you guys are coming out to Pittsburgh, hit me up. There's a good golf out here.
0: All righty. Thanks, Army. Thanks boys. Last mountain distilleries, spring seasonal releases are here. They have a ton of great options for this spring and summer. Like Hibiscus Lime Vodka, Sweet Tea Vodka, Local Coconut Vodka, and Local Watermelon Vodka. With the nice weather coming, it's time to get out on the patio, and enjoy a taste of Saskatchewan from last mountain distillery. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery. Keep an eye out for the ready-to-drink beverages, raspberry mojito, gin fizz, and mango seltzer, which are coming soon. Can't make it out to the distillery in Lumsden? No problem. Their products are available online or at most retailers across the province. Head to lastmountdistillery.com to learn more. Alrighty, episode one hundred and nineteen with Kobe Armstrong, aka Arm Dog. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed that one because I had a blast doing it with him. It was fun. Um, he's a good dude. He's you know he's, he's comical. He's he's smart. He's intelligent. Um, you know he's in a, he's gonna do great things doing you know more of a you know talking on air analyst stuff for hockey. And you know he's a smart player when he played and good player. So um, yeah, no, just a good dude, good sassy boy. Uh, he had a lot of fun with us and vice versa. And also we got invited to go down to play golf in Pittsburgh. So next time okay. we head down that way, we hit him up.
1: You have my attention. What course that I don't know.
0: Okay. Um, uh, but there's a couple of courses. He said, you have to listen to the interview Just Tori, weren't there obviously, but, um, check it out and I hope I've enjoyed the interview. So after all that Tori, uh, episode 119 is coming to an end, uh, any last minute thoughts or concerns?
1: No thoughts, no concerns, but I'll share a funny story. Sure, let's do. You know, you got to if you can't laugh at yourself, you can't laugh at anybody else. Mm-hmm. Is my belief. That's why I never laugh so, at anyone. I I have turned into an absolute fishing addict. Nice. So I fish typically twice a day and I've started using a kayak because we've got a lake in this, in this community of ours. And uh, you know, I've, I, I, I've always felt like it takes me a little too much time to get in. Like I, I should be able to do it quicker. You know, if I've only got 35 minutes or so, like let's get in there, let's get after it. So I tried to save myself about 20 seconds by finding a quicker way to get into the water. And boy, did I get into the water. So, <laughs> in, instead of using my normal way, which takes a little time, not bad, under a minute, I uh, I tried to jump into my kayak and land on my knees, and uh, but it didn't go well. I ended up <laughs> upside down in the lake, couldn't reach the bottom, Kayaks upside down Shit's going everywhere uh, But I made it You know I lived It was I, I wish there was video This story might not be that funny to anybody else but You
0: fell in the water fishing
1: Oh fuck yeah <laughs> I mean I was The kayak went upside down
0: Why are you in a kayak fishing Why aren't you still in a boat
1: Cause I don't have a boat
0: Oh okay sorry I wasn't you
1: know, sure. You know, yeah.
0: Were you wearing a light but, cru- jacket?
1: No, I can swim. All right, just <laughs>
0: making sure if you had one too many pops, you might need No, it
1: was actually honestly though for for about four seconds, it was pretty scary because like I couldn't find my way to the top. Yeah, like, everything was dark under there, and like, and I was under the kayak and stuff it was <laughs> it was pathetic i cut up both of my knees and crying my oh i was bleeding everywhere it was pathetic no i didn't cry
0: how many fish you catch
1: um actually what so i shedded i had a so i had a hoodie on a golf shirt and a pair of shorts and i shedded the hoodie and the golf shirt and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm already soaked. Whatever. Oh, and my shoes and socks. So I basically just got there in or went fishing in my uh, my shorts, barefoot.
0: And a baby. bucket hat. And a bucket yeah. hat.
1: And then I hammered three in like 20 minutes. Boom.
0: Nice. Okay, well that makes up for it then.
1: Yeah. Yo, I shed I shed my hat too. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. I like it. So
0: uh, okay. So I got one quick one here too. Uh, Taylor made golf. Unbelievable. I, I know, I know Tori still hasn't got his stuff yet, but, or you know, even, even hit it, but man, this Taylor made driver stealth is unbelievable. I cranked this thing. I, I didn't think technology could get better and better every year going from the Sim two max. I hit it really far. I thought for like my, what do you call it? My playing ability. And then I did this carbon wood driver. this Taylor made stealth. I don't know if I got faster. You know, I did lose 22 pounds. Thank you. But I am smoking this drive. Driver, unbelievable. So, check out Taylor McGolf. The wedges are sweet too. Potter's sick. Irons are sweet. Uh, it's the best brand. Check them out today. Taylor McGolf. Um, no questions asked. Okay, Tori, I got nothing. Um, uh, no more notes for episode 119. This podcast has been a little longer today, but hey, I love chatting with you. We had a great interview, and we will be back next week. Um, any last thoughts?
1: I'll tell you what. Do you have anything that grinds your gears?
0: Um. Yeah, when podcasts don't like to save. Oh,
1: well, that's a pretty good one.
2: Yeah. It's you know super- what grinds my yeah, gears? Man.
0: Honestly, though, it, when things, if that, let's just say Kobe didn't want to save it or didn't want to redo it. He was such a good dude about it after like, oh man, don't worry. We'll do it next year. We'll bang one out. Some guys be like, nope, I'm done. I'm gone. I did my hour. You know?
1: I wouldn't blame him.
0: No, absolutely. If I was, you know, but like some people in the world would, would just say, no, I can't, or I'm busy, or, you know, you had you had that one hour. Fuck, man. I was like, what a good dude. And most guys are, I think they're pretty, guys or girls, like they're just super good people about it and they'll come back on. But he was like, dude, don't stress about it. All right. So anyhow, learn how to back things up, Drew. Figured it out I, now.
1: I wouldn't want to talk to you for an extra hour. I can tell you that much. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You want to know what grinds my gears? Grinds your gears. Automatic Windows and or Apple phone updates. Yep. Holy shit. I mean, especially Windows. I don't know how many, you know, probably I'm guessing the uh, the crowd that listens to us is probably 50-50 between MacBook and, and Windows. But those windows updates you open the open the laptop up and it's just like updating do not shut off yep and then you're just hooped for it like says, it says 45 minutes.
0: minutes it says four minutes it's actually an hour oh great yeah. just tell me the honest answer just tell me it's gonna be 45 minutes so i know
1: yeah well it sits on 30 percent for for 30 minutes yep. and then it says 100 percent, but it's still not doing anything it's like what are we doing here
0: that's what happened with the podcast. It sat at hundred percent for like four, for 40 minutes. I was like, okay, this has been 140, 140%. There's only hundred percent capacity. There's zero to a hundred. will drive you nuts. That's here's great. another, that's here's a grind my gear there. Hold on. That's a grind my gear right there. People that say, um, uh, yeah, I'll give it 110%. There's only a hundred percent zero to hundred. 150 percent of all I got no it's a hundred percent you can't be better than hundred percent nope a, a phone a phone battery goes to hundred percent a hundred percent that's it so don't say 110 120 150 percent don't do it grinds my gears zero to hundred boom
1: fair I'm done here, here here's another fun one for you and oh. and I think a lot of golfers will enjoy this especially players who are less than five handicaps oh god hang on
0: we're doing a
2: podcast
1: Sorry. um is the when, when like 15 <laughs> handicappers are assessing each other's like or diagnosing the flaws in each other's games it's like oh you're coming from the inside it's like <laughs> yeah. dude you can't break 90 like <laughs> what are you talking about
0: yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. or like, That doesn't
1: grind my gears, but it makes me chuckle.
0: Or or like people that say, like, you know, when they're golfing, they're like, they hit a bad shot. And, or, or they're short on a par three and they hit a bad shot. And I'm like, oh, what'd you hit? They're like, oh, I, I, I hit a wedge. Fat. No, just say you hit a bad shot. It, it, it's okay. I'm not going to judge you for hitting a bad shot. I'm the first guy to be like, yep, yeah, I hit that one shitty. Yeah.
1: Like,
0: there's there's no shame in hitting a bad shot. Don't have to be like, ah, oh, I laid off on it. The wind got it. All right. Tori's getting the the meatloaf is ready over at his house. So,
1: hey, um, Goose, say hi, everybody.
0: Hi, everybody.
1: There we go.
0: (laughs) What a beauty. All righty. Tori, we'll talk to you next week. Everyone else listening out there, uh, have a good May long weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. Stay safe, guys. Peace. See ya.